Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ on the Cavaliers Radio Network. It's presented by Betway, Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, and Jim uh, with the Cavaliers at the halfway point of the season. Uh, We thought we'd have some fun tonight as far as uh, upcoming games on the schedule. San Antonio on Friday. We've got two legendary figures in the San Antonio history. Their radio play-by-play man, Bill Schoening, and one of the all-time greats in basketball, the Iceman, George Gerben, will join us. Yeah, this is going to be a unique show. You know, uh, Tim, George is rare. He doesn't do a lot of uh, interviews. He's just not that kind of guy. But I saw him on Bill Simmons' show on YouTube, and he was so magnificent that I had to get a hold of him. And I knew that he and Campy Russell are connected at the hip. And I sent Campy a text, and 10 minutes later, you know, George uh, allowed me to call him. But George Gervin is one of those forgotten great players. In my estimation, and I have the highest regard for all of the old great players, he is top 10. I don't know how you could not mention his name. He could score at will just like Michael Jordan or any of the other great players. One of the all-time greats. So we look forward to having not only the Iceman George Gervin, but Bill Schoening, the radio play-by-play voice of the Spurs right here on Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway. We'll get things rolling right after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. And Jim once again has dipped into that black book to bring a legend onto Cavs HQ. But this week, we go above and beyond someone sitting in the legends chair. We have one of the all-time greats. There's legendary, and then there's all-time greats. And George Iceman Gervin now joins us on Cavs HQ. And uh, this is a real honor for me to have 
one of the greatest of all times in the NBA, joining Jim and I here on the program. George, it is great to have you with us. Thank you for stopping by and paying Jim and I a visit. Hey, very good, man. Good enough, man. I talked to Campy uh, the other day, and he told me you and Jim does a show, so I'm, I'm real proud to be a part of it today. Well, thank what? you. One of the things, Ice, I wanted to, you know, for all the young people and they're watching this style of play, and they keep trying to call it new basketball, you and I come from where this game really originated with the three-point shot and the pace of the game is the old ABA. <laughs> and, you, and you came to Virginia, and Julius was on that team. Talk a little bit about what that was like. George, how old were you then? Were you 18 then? I think I was 19 when I, I started. You know, I was 19-year-old, uh, you know, um, just starting a professional career, you know, with the Virginia Squires. Um, fortunately for me, I, you know, Doc Julius Irvin was on that team, um, and what he – helped me with, you know, with my game was he kind of helped grow my confidence that, you know, I was in the right place to to play basketball as a professional. So I was real proud, man, and very lucky to be able to join a franchise that had Dr. J and and Fatty Taylor, um, you know, at that time. So I I was proud of that yesterday and today. Ice, I have read and heard that as great as Michael and LeBron and Kobe and those guys are, and they're incredible figures in the game of basketball. For those who had the honor and privilege of watching Julius Irving in the ABA, he took the game to a whole nother level. Well, you know, you got guys that love the game, and then you got guys that's, uh, you know, in love with the game. And, you know, and Doc uh, showed that separation that he was in love with the game. And, he did all it took to, you know, to, to be, you know, the best. And, you know, I still consider him Mr. ABA because, you know, really he was getting all the recognition, um, deservingly so with his play, with his love of the game, uh, with his dominance. And, and he was an entertainer. So, you know, again, man, he, he just one of those special guys, man, that played in the, in the league that me and um, Jim Jones um, fell in love with. You know, Ice, uh, one of the things that uh, people don't know is that when you went to the ABA, you already had a reputation because I remember Magic used to tell me a story about how everyone, they would come from Lansing and everything because George Gervin is playing. <laughs> uh, well, you know, well, you know Magic kind of come up under me. Magic, uh, you know, Isaiah, Mark Aguirre, you know, because we used to play in the – in the summer times all the time and right. you know, go around the country, man, and play, yeah. you know, as young pros and stuff. So Magic knew of me, but I knew of him also. Um, you know, I started playing against him when he was 14 years old. So, you know, you want to talk about somebody that's in love with the game, uh, <laughs> man, you talking about somebody special, man, at that age. So, you know, I, I always felt, man, it was just was our responsibility as older players to teach younger players to be better players. And and them guys, man, hung around me, you know, as young pros, man, and, and got some of the wisdom and the, the love of the game um, at an early age, man. So I'm, I'm real proud of that relationship that I had with them young guys. Again, we're talking to one of the NBA's all-time greats, 
George Gervin, otherwise known as Iceman, a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, of course, was on the 50th anniversary and the more recent 75th anniversary all-time team, 12-time All-Star, four-time scoring champ. And, of course, uh, Ice, everybody kind of remembers you uh, from San Antonio. Jim alluded to starting in Virginia with the Squires. And then, of course, uh, you move on to San Antonio while they were still in the NBA. And it was with the Spurs that you put together these incredible numbers. Uh, Just talk about your career in general. And as you look back on it, uh, what really stands out to you? You know, just being a San Antonio Spurs stand out to me. I mean, just how I became a San Antonio Spurs. Very few know that, you know, when I got traded to uh, San Antonio from Virginia, um, I couldn't play for a couple of months because, uh, you know, Earl Foreman at that time, who was the owner of the Virginia Squires, wanted to renege on the trade. So, you know, he had to go to court and, you know, and fight that out in San Antonio, end up winning. So, you know, San Antonio for me at that time, I didn't know nothing about San Antonio, uh, but the Alamo. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I'm leaving Virginia Squires with that Norfolk State, uh, Hampton Institute, uh, you know, Richmond, Virginia, you know. So I'm I'm leaving a rich environment, you know, for a young guy like me to go to San Antonio. So Never did think I would fall in love with San Antonio like I did. And, you know, when we created, I think, a, a tremendous um, relationship here in San Antonio. The franchise grew over the years and, you know, until we merged uh, in, in, in 76. You know, well, one of the things, George, when I think about you, you, Connie Hawkins, Magic, all of you guys, you three in particular, were not the traditional basketball players. In fact, the way they play the game now, they call it a positionless. That's the way I've always looked at you three because of your skill set. You don't get enough credit for being unique and as great as you were, George, because I don't know for some reason, maybe because they look at San Antonio as being a small market. If you'd have played in New York or LA, it would have been different. But talk a little bit about your style of play. You were a great ball handler. You had unbelievable hands. Well, you know, Jim, I, I love the game, you know, and I, I, I put work in. I mean, um, I'm another one of them guys that was in love with the game of basketball. So, you know, I I worked at it. You know, I used both hands. You know, I, I shot the ball four, five hundred times a day. Uh, you know, I worked on my ball handling. I worked on shooting off the dribble. I worked on uh, standstill. I worked on throwing right hand hooks and left hand hooks. You know, going to the you know to the hole. I mean, because you know I went to the hole a lot. You yes, know, you did as, as a player. You know, and I was ambidextric. I could use both hands. Um, you know, I'm known you know for the finger roll, but I really think I should be known for shooting that in between jumper. Um. That's right. <laughs> you know, um, I shot 51% career. Um, wow. I'm very, uh, you know, satisfied with my career. I didn't win a championship. That's the only thing that I regret. But, you know, we were playing against your Lakers and stuff, man, to get there. And it was hard to beat, man, with Magic and Kareem and them guys. But, I mean, overall, man, I'm real comfortable with my career. Um, did I get the credit I deserve? I think history will be the one that really tells that, you know. Um, I'm not caught up. Um, 
Um, because, you know, if you ask the guy that's been back in my era, like yourself, uh, who was George Gervin, they'll probably still be talking. And I know that for a fact. So that's right. Know, that's that's the beauty of it for me. The other thing is that, George, now, you know, about NFTs, right? Uh huh. Have you put that poster out there yet? The, the one with you sitting on the ice? Got to work with Nike with that. But, yeah, you know, um that finger roll i mean i got a couple of them in play man me and my son um has always been looking into it i've been approached a couple of times by you know different groups uh, but that's something that i'm definitely looking into uh, uh jim um it's a growing understanding of, of how to really take uh, advantage of your you know your image and some of the things that you've done in the past so yep i'm, I'm researching it okay that's awesome. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll have more with one of basketball's all-time greats, the Iceman, George Gervin, our guest in the Legends Chair on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and such an honor to have in our Legends Chair today, one of the greatest of all times, and George Gerben, the Iceman, of course, a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, 12-time All-Star, and uh, he actually was the All-Star MVP in the 1980 game. But Ice, the story I want you to tell right now is one of my favorite NBA stories as we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the league i remember this vividly as a 15 year old it was the end of the 1978 season you and david thompson are involved in an unbelievable struggle for the scoring title in the nba it comes down to the final game of the season for each team you with san antonio and of course skywalker with denver They've got an afternoon game. He puts up 73 against the Pistons. So now you have a night game. You take the story from here. Well, I mean, I led the league in scoring all the way up to the last game. And, you know, and David had that incredible uh, game to, you know, to lead the league um, after that game. So, you know, our media called George, called me up and say, I, um, you know, David just scored 73 in Detroit, you know, which is my hometown, the Cobo, which I played my high school uh, championship games at. Um, he scored 73 points and you need 59 in order to regain the title. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we go into, you know, I'm in New Orleans uh, at the Superdome and, man, I it, it just unbelievable how it unfolded you know I had to kind of coach that you know appreciate it you know what I did all year and um you know and and, and coach Mo and Larry Brown were good friends um you know me and David was rivals you know for the whole year and and coach Mo I never get a coach Mo say yep yeah. you know I know Larry had something to do with that so we <laughs> went to we went to the locker room and coach Mo addressed the guys and say guys um you know, um, David and, and, and Larry then was up to things and, and they let David score 73. So you know, we want to try to let uh, Gerben, let Ice, uh, you know, regain his title. So all the guys agreed. We went out in the first quarter. I missed my first six shots, called timeout. 
and say, Coach, man, we ain't got to worry about it because, you know, I needed 59. So, you know, I six, you know, six shots up and I ain't make now. And all my guys encouraged me. Come on, Ice, that's all right. Come on. And that's all the encouragement I need. So I went back out, got 20 points first quarter, second quarter. I went back out. I got my rhythm and scored 33. So, <laughs> you know, I, so I had 53 and I only needed 59. So, you know, I went up and, and got 63 and my trainer said, all right, Ice, you got 63. You got, no, he said, you got 59. I said, okay, um, let me get a few more points just in case they miscalculated. And that's why I ended up with 63. <laughs> So I get in love with 63 points in 33 minutes to win my first one title. <laughs> George, we talk about over 50 points and you just, okay, let me go out and get it. You know, there's only been a few guys who could say that Michael was one, Wilt was, Wilt was another, and you, of course, and maybe, maybe a couple more guys that, okay, tonight I'm going to get 50. <laughs> you, you know, like, hey, what? Okay, okay, I'm going to get 60 on you. I mean, you know, we can't even imagine that. But for you to even say, okay, let me go out here and get 59. Okay, let me add some more. <laughs> it's just a whole different state of mind. But, George, I want to tell one story. Me and you went up to Lansing, played in a game for Magic, and I never will forget it. And you were just messing around before the game. You were at the scores table bouncing the ball between your legs, behind your back, hesitation, and you just standing in place. And uh, I was tying my shoes, you know, getting ready to go out there and play in this pickup game with Magic. And from the scores table, I'm thinking about the angle. You just took a shot. You didn't throw it. You shot the ball and banked it in. And everybody in the building went, oh, look, oh, man, oh, did you see that? And then they threw the ball back to you and you shot it again and banked it in. And you looked down at me and said, you thought it was luck. <laughs> That's one of the greatest, George. I said, after that, I said, you know what? I just saw the greatest shooter I've ever seen. There's no question about it. You know, I love the game. I don't know yeah. if you remember that, but. I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, but you do. And that's the beauty of it, man. I mean, cause you know, my whole game was to entertain. I knew that's what I was. I was an entertainer and I love doing that. You know, I mean, if I can come to the game, man, and you know, and I can have one of them games where I can, we can win and you can have some memories of some of the things I've done. I was satisfied. You know, um, that's how I played. I mean, I think I was one of the first guys to ever win a scoring title and uh, win a division. So, I, you know, I, that's the beauty of it for me. Um, man, I, I just loved it. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, and you could tell when guys are in love with the game, man. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the beauty of it, man, because you hear stories like you just, you know, exposed to your – you know, to your fan base, man. Um, George Gerber really loved and fell in love with the game of basketball. Yes. And, George, you were so fun to watch. Uh, I recalled the, just a few minutes ago uh, remembering that last game of the 78 season when I was a teenager. And, man, when you were on television, it was something to watch. It was must-watch television. <laughs> and I want to know where the finger roll came from. You know, you go to basketball camps and they teach you a jump shot and they teach you this and that. But where did they? Where did you learn the finger roll? Where did that shot come from? Because that was George Gervin's shot. 
Well, you know, you think about it, man, and I tell people all the time, I am not the inventor of the finger roll. I mean, if you go back in history, you know, Dr. J, you know, he had his own version of the finger roll. Connie Hawkins had his own version. Wilk Chamberlain, you know, had his dipper. You know, yeah. I mean, being a student of the game, man, I watched him. You know, he came up with my own version of the finger roll. Um, um, so I went to work on it and, you know, and I tell the guys, man, I made it fast. I'll never forget in 1997 when we had the greatest 50 in Cleveland. You know, I was sat at the table with Will, Connie, and, and Doc. You know, and I had a chance to explain to him because Wilp said, George, you know, you stole my finger roll. And uh, <laughs> Johnny Hawkins say, no, I see, you know, he got it from me. And Doc said, well, you know, he played it for me. I say, look here, guys, I got a piece from each one of y'all, man. I just made it famous. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the beauty of it for me, man, to be around, you know, three guys that I idolize, man, and playing the game of basketball and, and to – you know, hear them kind of remarks, man, from them guys, man. Uh, it just, it just humbles you, man. I mean, um, you know, I mean, just to hear Jim talk about me, man, it humbles me, man, because I loved it, man. And, you know, and, it, and it's obvious that, you know, I had a certain impact on, on, on certain people, man, that, that, that loved that game. Boy, there's no doubt. Well, Isa, uh, this has been truly an honor to have one of the all-time greats in the NBA uh, stop by and join us here on Cavs HQ. Uh, it certainly means a lot to me and I know to Jim and our we- fan base and our listeners. So we cannot thank you enough. Hey, truly a pleasure, man. Tell my man Campy Russell, y'all, I said hello. I sure will. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Ice. Okay, wow. thanks, guys. The Iceman, George Gervin, joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Some unbelievable stories. That's why we love when Jim reaches into that black book and gets somebody in that legend's chair on Cavs HQ. So much fun. We'll take a quick time out. More to come on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. So stay with us on the Cavaliers Radio Network. The Cavs and Monsters have teamed up with Tito's Handmade Vodka to support assists for a cause. For every assist made by the Cavs and Monsters this season, Tito's will donate $10 to the Patriot Project to help restore health and quality of life to military members and their families. With a combined total of 1,170 assists, $11,700 has been raised already. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with more Cavs HQ presented by Betway after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us, and I'll tell you what, it is great to be joined by the radio voice of the San Antonio Spurs, Bill Schoening as he now joins us from San Antonio. And, of course, the Cavs, a little bit later on this week, will be in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. So we thought it would be fun to have Bill on the show and talk a little Spurs basketball and some other things that are a part of Bill's life. Uh, He's a well-rounded guy. So, Bill, as always, uh, great to have you on. We loved it when you made the appearance back in the spring. So we thought uh, with San Antonio coming up on the schedule, we had to get you back on this week. 
Uh, great to be with you, Tim and Jim, two of my favorite guys in the NBA. So good to be with you guys. Well, we were chatting before we rolled here, uh, certainly for San Antonio, some uncharted territory as you go through a, a tough year and a, a rebuilding process, per se. Uh, tell Cavs fans and our listeners about that. Uh, it's been a tough process here lately because we've lost so many guys to health and safety protocols, uh, Tim. Uh, six guys are out right now, hoping to get a few of those back. But we just had a seven-game road trip, and the team went one and six. Uh, we had to sign three guys in emergency 10-day hardship contracts. Uh, and I know there are other teams doing that, but it's just very difficult when you're going through that. So right now, the Spurs are 10 games under 500. It's a young team that's got some good young players and shows some promise. Uh, but it's a team that also can't afford to have you know, these kind of setbacks. You know, Not many teams can afford to lose six rotation players. You know, one of the things that uh, I've been watching with the Spurs is that how's Pop holding up under these circumstances? <laughs> you know, you know, because he's an emotional guy like me. He and I played together in the Pan Am games together, and uh, we're from that different generation. And uh, he's, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, how's he holding up? You know, he's doing amazingly well. I think you know his expectations, of course, are tempered with the team he's got, Jim. He doesn't have okay. Marcus Nobley and Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. So he knows right. this is a young team that needs to grow. So he's right. been more of a nurturing coach these days and really giving encouragement to these young guys. He sees a lot of promise in these guys. So I think it's important for him uh, to really do a lot more teaching than he has in the past. Now, he underestimates his value during those championship years because he would say he would just roll the ball out and let Duncan, Ginobili, no, and Parker no. do their thing. Oh, no. And we, we know that's not true. Uh, no. But he feels like, I think he used the word necessary. I feel like I'm more necessary now to help guide like these young players. Yeah. Bill, when you look at this Spurs roster, uh, you mentioned some of those Hall of Fame greats, but who stands out from the guys that have been assembled this year for San Antonio? Well, we've got a point guard who I think uh, if the situation were different, he would be definitely considered for the All-Star game. His name is DeJounte Murray, uh, and uh, he's a really good young player. He's only 25 years of age. Uh, he's been in the system now for five or six years. He lost an entire year to an ACL injury, but uh, he is such a good defender. He's a good rebounder. He's only 180 pounds soaking wet, but he averages eight rebounds a game. Uh, he's been more of a distributor this year. And I think the fact that some of the veteran players like DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills have gone on their way, that's allowed an opening for young guys like DeJounte Murray to really shine. And he's having a marvelous year. He really is. And I think that, uh, you know, if the Spurs were winning more games, uh, they'd be looking at him possibly uh, as an all-star. But there's so many good point guards in the Western Conference right now, of course, led by Jean Morant. So I think that uh, the all-star game is definitely in its future. I know you had Tim working with you guys for a while. Is he still involved with the organization? I think Tim will always stay involved at some level, Jim, with the organization. He's not an active assistant coach right now, uh, okay. but um, he's around a lot. And I know that if, say, Jakob Pertl, who's one of our young bigs, uh, decides he, he needs a little mentoring from Tim, I bet he can call him and Tim would be in the gym in five minutes. That's the kind of guy Tim is. Uh, so he stays very close to Pop in the organization. But I don't know that he has any kind of official capacity right now. Again, we're talking with Bill Schoenig. He joins us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Bill, the longtime voice of the San Antonio Spurs. And, Bill, uh, you were telling me again before we got started here, uh, not only are you the voice of the Spurs, uh, we talked to you in your last appearance. You're an accomplished musician. And now you've become an author. Tell our <laughs> listeners about your upcoming book. Well, I appreciate that, Tim. Uh, it'll be out hopefully next month on Red Penguin, where we've got our fingers crossed with that. Uh, but you guys know when the COVID hit in March of 20, we all had to hit our brakes right away. It wasn't like we had to slow down. We had to hit the brakes. We stopped. So for me, and I've always been an active guy, 
uh, I had all this time on my hands all of a sudden, you know? So um, I had been thinking about maybe writing some stories down, some uh, relating some stories from my life uh, in a book. Uh, but until uh, this COVID thing happened, I never really thought about sitting down and doing it. And then I did it. So it took about a year to put all the stories together and write them. And uh, now I've got a really good editor and a publisher. So I've got all these people helping me. And uh, hopefully all the stories are written and hopefully it'll be out next month. But I've got to do the audio book now, which is really difficult because uh, you got to read all these stories. And I'm trying to read them in such a way that I'm not doing play by play. So it's a whole different dynamic <laughs> reading an audio book. Instead of, you know, describing a pick and roll with DeJounte Murray and Jakob Kirtle. So it's a little bit different deal. But but a lot of my stories, and Jim knows me pretty well, uh, are a lot, a lot about music. Because I've written so many songs. I've written close to uh, 30, uh, 30 songs now. And um, so the name of the song is going to be, or the name of the book is going to be Story, Sports, and Songs. Because ah, in the audio I love book, it. I, yeah, in the audio book, <laughs> I include some of the songs, you know. So And when I write music, I try to do it differently because I, I generally write lyrics and melodies. Uh, I'm not a great guitar player, but I've got some really good musician friends. So I'll form the melody and the lyric, and then I'll take it to my friends. And then we kind of work on the production and the instrumentation and the mix and all that sort of stuff. So I've had a lot of fun. Uh, Jim, uh, I don't know if I sent you uh, Here Comes Smoke and Joe, but I wrote a song, an R&B song, Joe Frazier, the former heavyweight champion. Well, send it to me again, would you please? Because uh, Jim Jones is one finger Louie. I start clearing stuff out if I don't recognize it right away, and I probably – uh, didn't recognize, but you know, I am writing. Uh, I'm just Good. starting to write. I'm just starting now. And, uh, of course I got my base and, uh, but I don't have the other resources yet. Someone to interpret, you know, my rhythms and beats and, uh, you know, what keys and theory and all that stuff. But would you send me that again? I'm anxious now. I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I sent uh, Tim a song, uh, when we were in Istanbul, Turkey about eight years ago, um, mm-hmm that the Spurs played Fenerbahce Olger and those, you know, those names are difficult. Let's be honest. I mean, they're Eastern European names. Some are Turkish, some are Serbian, some are Croatian. And I said, how am I going to learn these names? So I wrote a little reggae beat and I learned the names to that beat. So it was in rhythm for me. When I got over to Istanbul, I was able to do the game. I I think fairly well. One of those players, by the way, is now in the NBA, Nemanja Bialica. And that's the first name I mentioned the song, Nemanja Bialica. So anyway, we had a lot of fun with it. My producer is a great musician and plays a lot of different instruments, and he got where I was going right away. So as far as I know, Jim, this is the only reggae song ever written about a basketball team from Turkey. I like it. I like it. That'll sell. You know that'll sell. <laughs> yeah. It'll hey, be a Jim, collect- all my songs, all my songs are million sellers. I've got a million in my cellar. <laughs> Bill, I do want to ask you, though, the, the thread of writing as compared to play-by-play, because – both involve storytelling. Uh, did you find that as you were writing the book? Uh, I've written my whole life, Tim. Even going back to high school, I wrote poems. I wrote short stories. Uh, I always loved writing. And of course, as a play-by-play guy, you know this, <clears throat> writing is a big part of what we do. We have a 40-minute pregame show, so I have to actually write two opens to kind of set the scene for the game. And uh, while I write them in long prose and, of course, try to deliver them in kind of a conversational way, Uh, it's still writing. And then, of course, I've got to write reports for the radio station after the game about what happened during the game. Uh, So I've been writing my whole life, and this is just more of a long form, the the, the book is. Then, of course, the songs are just a creative aspect of that. That's awesome. Again, Bill Stoning, the radio voice of the San Antonio Spurs, is our guest on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll have more with Bill. So stay with us on the Cavaliers Radio Network. 
Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and of course, the two guys on the other side of the window, Marty Allen, along with Kurt McLaughlin. Great job by the dynamic duo, and our guest is Bill Schoening. He's the radio play-by-play voice of the San Antonio Spurs. Cavs will be in San Antonio on Friday night as part of this six-game road swing, and I wanted to start this segment, Bill, by asking you about Becky Hammond. And, of course, we talked about her last spring on the show and what her career trajectory would be. And certainly uh, Becky's name has been in the headlines as of late. Uh, Well, your thoughts on this uh, real trendsetter and groundbreaker as far as uh, her career in the NBA? Yeah, I really thought that she would be an NBA head coach. Maybe not by now, but certainly she's very, very close. Uh, but the Las Vegas Aces basically made her an offer she couldn't refuse. They want her to run the whole program there. And, of course, uh, she's had her number retired by the San Antonio Silver Stars when she played in the WNBA uh, with uh, San Antonio. And then that franchise moved to Las Vegas. So this is still the same franchise for which she played, for whom she played back uh, you know, a decade and a half ago, but uh, she's a great basketball mind. You know, Pop brought her in, not for any publicity stunt. Jim knows Pop very well. He's not yep. into that. He, he wanted her basketball knowledge and she's got it. And she's really learned a lot under him. And uh, now she's been an assistant since 14. Uh, so I really think that she's primed for a head coaching job. Uh, the WNBA offered a general manager and, uh, you know, a chance to be a head coach. Uh, and I wouldn't rule out down the line at some point in time, uh, because I think she's going to be successful in the WNBA, that an NBA franchise would take a look at her because um, she's just such a, a bright person, a positive person, all about relationships with her. I think that she's got a great rapport with these young guys. In fact, she's going to finish out the season, even though she took this job that will start, I guess, in May. Uh, but she's still going to ha- handle some general manager duties, kind of do double duty right now. But a lot of our players, Lonnie Walker especially, said, man, I was so relieved to hear that she's going to stay with us for the rest of the season. It would have been tough for these guys who developed a relationship with her to have her leave midseason. Well, you know, it's about being a trailblazer. And people don't realize the guts and the courage that it takes for her to participate in such a male-dominated sport. And I've listened to her some of her YouTube comments and some other comments by her. She's a really strong lady. I like her. Yeah, she is. And uh, she demands respect, you know, and um, uh, not in a yelling kind of way, but just because she has that knowledge and she knows what she's talking about. And she's worked hard. You know, she was an undersized point guard. Uh, She worked hard to get the accolades. I think she was a six time all star in the WNBA. And uh, so she can relate to these young guys. Uh, We've got a young um, G League team called the Austin Spurs. Uh, And a lot of our players end up going to Austin for a while to get development because they might be at the end of the bench. And uh, Pop always felt it was good to go out and get 30 minutes in the G League and, uh, you know, kind of hone your skills there. A lot of our young guys have spent an entire year uh, with the Austin Spurs. Uh, And I think she works really well with these young players developing them. And uh, again, they've got a great deal of respect for her. And uh, it's like um, I think it was DeJounte said, she's not a great female coach. She's a great coach. You know, the gender doesn't matter. There you go. Again, we're talking with Bill Schoenig. He's the radio play-by-play voice of the San Antonio Spurs. And, Bill, I've alluded to the fact, uh, boy, you've been there through some great times. And now that kind of that rebuilding process and the common thread uh, is Pop, is Greg Popovich. He'll go down as one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. What is it to you that really stands out? What is it about Pop that has made him this legendary coach? 
I think it's his relationships with his players and with his coaching staff. So many of his guys that have coached under him have gone on to success as head coaches. Uh, as you guys know, his coaching tree spans the entire NBA. Uh, you look around the league, there are at least uh, close to a dozen guys that are either assistants under him, played under him, or coached in the G League in Austin. Uh, a guy like Quinn Snyder, for instance, was the head coach uh, of the Austin Spurs uh, for three seasons about a decade ago. So there, there's a lot of influence he has on coaches and players, and I think that's one of the things about his legacy. And he's all about relationships. You know, the most important thing to pop after the game is to go out and get a glass of wine and dinner and invite people. Uh, and that's just the kind of guy he is. And uh, he's also a big tipper, I understand. But, <laughs> but, he's, but he's, he's a worldly guy. My best conversations with Pop have been about, uh, you know, food or wine or travel or World War II. He's into history. Uh, he loves the Palestra, for instance. And, and that's a building in my hometown of Philadelphia where the University of Pennsylvania plays. And it was built in 1926. And uh, if you're not from Philadelphia, you might not be familiar with the Palestra, but it really is. We call it the Cathedral of College Basketball. And every time they're in Philly, uh, they have their shoot around at the Palestra because he just loves the place. He loves the history of the of the game and he loves history overall. Well, you know, I played at the Palestra. So I, I really told my age. So uh, so I remember that. But I just want to shift it just a little bit. The NBA is developing new talent. Give me three young players that people should be looking at and watching. Wow. You, you mean young, young guys? No, uh, let's, just, let's just say uh, guys, let's say who've been in the league at least two to three years. Okay. Uh, I have to start with John Morant. I mean, he's okay. doing some amazing things right now. Uh, I okay. think that his talent level, uh, I really like him. You know, another young player I like uh, who plays for Miami, Tyler Hero. Uh, okay. I, you know, he's a little streaky. You know, sometimes he doesn't have great games, but and he's capable of really uh, lighting it up. And then, you know, uh, there, there's so many good young guys in the league. Um, and, and I'm going to throw out a name that is going to be a long shot only because he's so young. And his name is Josh Primo. And he's our rookie. He just turned 19. Okay. Uh, he's got something about him, Jim. The Spurs took him uh, pretty much to give him a kind of a red shirt year. They took him a year before maybe he was really truly uh, going to be NBA ready. Uh, but they saw the development of the process uh, of uh, developing him as a potential star. I don't know if he will be a star, uh, but uh, he's just a young guy who's getting some playing time now because of all these guys uh, going out with um, you know health and safety protocol. But uh, he's very young. He's got a long way to go. But there's just something about him. He, he plays with a certain air of confidence. Uh, and um, I, I just think that he's going to be – he's about 6'6", 190 right now. I think he's got potential to get a little taller. Uh, but he handles the ball well. And I just like he's got a swagger without being cocky, if that makes any sense. You know, there's a difference between being confident and cocky. And I think he's just a confident kid. He's from Toronto. He only played one year at Alabama. But anyway, uh, for all those reasons, I really like Josh Primo. And that's kind of a maybe not right now guy, but the down the line guy. Yeah, I just want to add to that, that I saw him play in the summer league. And I was so impressed. And you guys only played him a few games and then you said shut him down. But, uh, <laughs> I, but I, I thought he was exceptional. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really good player. And he's a real smart kid. You know, he's like, uh, that's one of the things about Pop. And Jim, you know him very well. Uh, when they interview kids they are going to draft or they're looking at a potential free agent, uh, he wants to talk to them and see what kind of person they are and see what kind of, you know, relationships they have with other people. Uh, and yep. he brings in, you know, he tries to bring in real bright guys. That's, that's the thing about Lonnie Walker. I mean, if you ever get a chance to interview Lonnie Walker, he's just such a bright guy. He's got great stories. He's well-read. He reads history. 
and, and, and I like kids like that that are well-rounded and, and want to learn about other stuff other than basketball. And that's the other thing that Pop really emphasizes to these young guys. You know, read a book. Don't, you know, read about history. Read about your, your heritage. Uh, that's and, right. Uh, he, was so, he was so active uh, during that period of time when we were in the bubble uh, and, um, you know, all the uh, tension was going on. You know, Pop was trying to be a calming voice and all that. Learn about your history. It's so important to know what happened in this country uh, that's right. many, many years ago. Well, it's great stuff. Well, Bill, unfortunately, uh, the stop clock is telling us or the stopwatch is telling us uh, that we need to move on. But, wow, this is always fun. Enjoy our conversations. Uh, unfortunately, Jim and I won't be in San Antonio on Friday night. I was looking forward to uh, reconnecting with you in person. But this is the next best thing. And truly appreciate your time and look forward to hooking up again. Great to be with you guys. Our favorite hamburger place, Whataburger. They've got that place right behind the broadcast location. They're going to go broke. (laughs) 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 Don't be giving away Jim's secrets here. You're not allowed to do that. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Bill. Bill Zoning, the radio voice of the San Antonio Spurs. He joins us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. A quick timeout and a lot more to come. Stay with us on the Cavaliers Radio Network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Boy, Jim Jones, uh, that black book of yours, it just keeps uh, coming up with unbelievable guest after unbelievable guest. But this week, to have George Gervin, the Iceman, stop by and join us and tell some of the great stories in his incredible NBA and ABA career was something very, very special. Yes, and it was it was a stretch for me, but I have to think Campy Russell, you know, Campy Russell and, and George are tied at the hip. Campy's my little brother. And so when I made the call, you know, I wasn't sure if he and George were still, you know, close or, or what the situation was. Eight minutes later, George Gervin calls me. It was that quick. And in my estimation, very easily, top 10 of one of the all-time greatest players. I know definitely that he's in that class what we call unique players body style and style of game well there's no doubt and then of course uh, a guy that we love and respect uh, bill shonig the yes. nba voice of the san antonio spurs i love him for play-by-play you love him he's a writer he's a musician he checks yes, all the boxes that's right he's a universal man and uh, <laughs> I, I love him you know but you know what i love about bill is his enthusiasm tim yeah you can hear you can hear it in every word he speaks uh, his enthusiasm is unique no doubt so again that was a fun show jim thanks to you of course thanks to the dynamic duo of kurt mclaughlin and marty allen biggest thanks goes to you the listeners hope you enjoyed it and don't forget Cavs basketball comes your way wednesday night the Cavs will be in utah to take on the jazz that's a nine o'clock tip with an 8 30 huntington tip-off show on the cavaliers radio network so until then thank you much for listening and so long everybody.